This is Bethel Online. Welcome home. This is the next best thing to being at Bethel on Sundays. We are driven by making disciples of Jesus who make disciples. When you're online, interact with us on Facebook and Instagram. When you're in Barhead, Alberta, drop in Sundays to Friday. Our goal on this podcast is to ask questions, challenge certainty, and grow a relationship with Jesus so you can go the distance and bring others with you. Thank you for tuning in. I have a video for you to watch. It's just short. It's probably the saddest video uh, I've seen in all the time I've seen movies. I'm not a big movie person, but whenever I watch a movie or see this movie, it's one that brings tears to my eyes. If you want to get your tissues out, I guarantee you, um, it'll touch your heart. Just watch this. It comes from a movie called Hope Floats. It hits my heart so much because it's happened too many times. A dad has made a promise to a kid and thinks nothing of breaking his promise. Thinks nothing of saying, yeah, I said that, but I didn't really mean that or I couldn't really do that. And sadly, some of you have experienced that. Some of um, your children have experienced that. And I find it very, very difficult to watch. It's also as difficult to watch going to a senior's home and see seniors maybe not cry as much, maybe not cry as loud, but they say to me, yeah, um, my kids said they were going to come and visit me, but I haven't seen them. And uh, I see almost the same emotion coming out of senior people as well as kids. Um, Broken promises, man, um, they are devastating. And... um, God hates broken promises. And that's why all through the word of God, God emphasizes the trustworthiness of his promises. Over and over again, we are focusing on the promises of God. We started a new series here called Standing on the Promises of God. There are times when um, experiences are great and wonderful, there are times when, you know, feelings and emotions are all wonderful. But man, there comes a time when nothing really matters except the promise of God. When you come to church, when you go to church, whether it's this church or any other church, there's one thing you should be looking for every Sunday, whether it's in a song, whether it's in a scripture, whether it's in a prophetic word or wherever it is, you need to have a promise from God. You need to know what is God's word for me today because I can stand on the word. Everything else is kind of in, in flux, but the word of God stands forever, amen? And we need to have a word from God. Uh, throughout the scriptures, over and over and over, uh, the, the Bible emphasizes the word of God. Second Samuel seven twenty eight. Now, O Lord God, you are God and your words are truth, and you have promised this good thing to your servant. Daniel said in chapter 2, verses 45, Inasmuch as you saw that a stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it crushed the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will take place in the future, so the dream is true, and its interpretation is trustworthy. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 says it's a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ, Jesus, came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost. And 1 Timothy 4, 9 and 10 says it's a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance, for it is 
mean for this we labor and strive because we have fixed our hope on the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of believers. We need to have the trustworthy promises of God made real in our hearts every day. And there are times when people break their promises. God says he will never break his promise. He hates it when people don't keep the word. In fact, um, in, in preparation for this message, I was actually thinking in the New Testament, that's why Jesus says to people, he says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. If you're going to say it, you better stand by it. If you're going to say no, then stand by that. But let your yes be yes and your no, no. We need to understand that God keeps his word and he wants us to keep our word. Amen? And we need to be trustworthy in all that we say. When God makes a promise, his reputation is at stake. And he always keeps the promise. So when Jesus told his disciples after the resurrection, 40 days after his resurrection, when Jesus gathered his disciples together as he was going up to heaven, ascending back to heaven, when Jesus tells his disciples that he is going to send what the Father has promised, you got to know that God's reputation is at stake and Jesus' reputation is at stake. God has promised it, And Jesus said, I'm going to send it. How many believe God keeps his word? Always. So if God promised it, he's going to do it. If God said it, it will come to pass. And so we understand that through that scripture, Luke chapter 24, verse 49, God's reputation's on the line. And uh, God was going to do something, and Jesus was going to send something, but they didn't know what. <laughs> they didn't know what it was going to be. Uh, but in Acts chapter 2, they found out. Uh, put up the next passage of Scripture. This is from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Four. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Believe me, it wasn't when they expected. Jesus said that he was going to send something, and they were to wait. And they waited one day, two days, three days, four days, five days, praying, fasting, together, six days. Tell me, would you spend six days with 100 people from your church? <laughs> Never leaving? Fasting and praying? I wonder what they did for showers. Don't you ever wonder that? Six days. Seven days. Eight days. Nine days. I'm sure there was a tendency to think, yeah, Jesus said it, but he's not going to keep his word. This isn't going to happen. How long are we going to have to wait here? But on the 10th day, it happened. On the 10th day, the day of Pentecost, It happened. And it came with a power and a fury like they did not expect. It wasn't when they expected, and it wasn't what they expected. I mean, think and read this description again. Sound like a hurricane blowing through the room. Little tongues of fire sitting on each of their head. And they began to speak in languages that they didn't know. Every one of them. 
And I'm sure it wasn't what, they weren't expecting that. When Jesus said, I'm going to send you what my father's promised, they weren't expecting that, but that's what came. And it wasn't what others expected either. Because people who were witnessing it said, these people are crazy. What what is wrong with these people? They must all be drunk. I've never seen church like this before. These people must be crazy. They're drunk. Other people, listen, let me remind you, you should never build your expectations on what other people think. This was what God wanted to do. It wasn't when they wanted it. It wasn't what they wanted. It wasn't necessarily what other people wanted for them, but it was what God wanted for them. Amen? And we always want what God wants. And boy, did he ever pour out his promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit. And you'll notice, of course, in the scripture that God didn't promise uh, uh, tongues. He promised the Holy Spirit. He said, power will come upon you when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Let me ask you again, how many of you believe that God keeps his promises? Really? You really believe that? Um, In the middle of trying to explain what happened and what was going on, this crazy thing of fire and tongues and so crazy that people thought they were drunk. In the middle of trying to explain it, Peter said in Acts chapter 2, verse 33, um, exalted to the right hand of God, he, Jesus, has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. It wasn't what we expected. It wasn't what you necessarily expected, but it was what God promised. And what you're seeing and hearing right now is the promise of the Father. Wow. It was a crazy experience. It was wild. 120 of them, everyone experienced what God promised, said he was going to do, the promised Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit came on every one of them, and they all just began to speak forth the praises and the glory of God. At the end of his sermon, at the end of the preaching, um, the people said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with this, Peter? You've told us what this is now. What do we do with it? How are we going to respond to it? And the scripture says in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all who the Lord our God will call. Can I just check one more time? How many of you believe that God keeps his promises? You sure? When he says that this promise of the Holy Spirit is for all who call on him. Yourself, your children, and all as far off. That includes you. So the promise of the Father was your promise. And if God keeps his promises, this is meant for you too. It's the promise of the Father. It's not the promise of the Pentecostal church. It's not the promise of Pastor Dave. It's the promise of the Father. And God said, he's going to do it. And Jesus said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to see that it gets done. And so two, pro- two promises here are found in this little short passage of scripture. Number one, he says, your sins will be forgiven. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, and your sins will be forgiven. That's a great promise to hold on to. We need to hold on to that promise. We don't always understand it, but we hold on to it. God, 
I've given my life to you. I've done things that I shouldn't have done. I've said things. I've thought things. But your word says that if I put my faith in you, you'll forgive me of my sins. And I'm taking you at your word. Every one of us, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, have come to a moment in time when you had to say that. God, I may not understand it. I don't deserve it. But I accept your promise. It's what you said. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. That's a promise that Jesus said he would keep. And God said he would keep. A second promise is also found in that verse. He says, this promise is for every one of you. You, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Those who are present, your children, and all who are far off, as many as God will call, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, again, quoting Jesus, Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses. He did not say you will receive tongues. He said you will receive power. Tongues wasn't the promise. One of the problems in our Pentecostal churches is that we tend to emphasize the, the sign or the evidence, but we forget the promise. The promise is you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's amazing when we talk to young people today, and especially young people who have for some reason gotten involved in the occult. You know what they're looking for when they get involved in the occult? They're looking for power. They're tired of living their lives powerless. I can't do anything. There's nothing I can do. And, and they look to the occult for power. And what does Jesus promise? Come on, say it. You've heard it how many times today. What has Jesus promised you? Power. He wants you to have power. Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. God expects it. Jesus expects it. And Jesus expected that it would happen. He said, you will receive the Holy Spirit. And power. So a simple question today, I know our time is short, but how many of you want the promise of the Father? Sure? You really want the promise of the Father? Promise power. You really want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit? Because he said that's available for you. You have to receive it. Uh, how many believe God keeps his promises? Some of you aren't so sure right now. But God keeps his promises. Let's reverse the script. I showed you the movie, the saddest movie that I've seen. Let's reverse the script a little bit. Let's say I'm Bernice. Or Bernie, if you want. Some of you are struggle with that. I'm in my room. I've got my phone. I'm on Facebook, listening to music. And Daddy comes in. He says, okay, Bernice, car's packed. We're ready to go. Are you ready? And Bernice doesn't even bother to look up. Doesn't even bother. She's on her phone talking to her friends. And so... Daddy takes out one of the earphones and says, Bernice, are you ready? We're ready to go. And Bernice looks at her dad and says, uh, I don't want to go, Dad. What do you mean you don't want to go? I promised you you could come with me. We're ready to go right now. Let's go. 
And Bernice says, Dad, I'm not really interested. I really don't want to go with you. I, I, I got too many other things on the go right now. I don't need to come with you. Bernice, I promised you that you could come with me. Let's go. And Bernice says, no, Daddy, it's okay. You can go without me. Who would you be sad for in that story if that's the way the story was written? Who would you feel sad for? You wouldn't feel sad for that little crying girl. You'd be sad for the dad who made the promise, and now the little girl doesn't want him to keep the promise. He's willing to keep the promise, but she's now determined she's not interested in the promise. She doesn't want what dad promised. She's ready to live without dad. I'd feel sad for that dad, wouldn't you? It's a sad story. The girl would not have gotten her promise, and the dad, his promise would have been unfulfilled because the child didn't want to have it. God has made a promise to you. God has promised you his Holy Spirit. God has promised you power to live, power to live for him, power to be a witness. He's made it available to everyone. The promise is to you, your children, and are far off as many as God shall call. God has made you a promise. The question is, do you really want the promise of God? Do you really want what God promised? Or have you come to the place where you say, no, I really don't need that. I, I can live without that Holy Spirit stuff. I've literally had people tell me, Pastor, you talked about the Holy Spirit too much. Really? The Holy Spirit's the promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit's what powers us to live for him. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, then we're nothing much more than a culture club, a country club, a, a group. We're, we're, we're nothing much more than the Rotarians or the, the Goodfellas or whatever club you want to notice. We're, we're just here trying to do everything in our own strength. The church is not a country club. The church is ordinary, regular people powered by the Holy Spirit, powered by the promise of the Father. Jesus said, you won't have to serve me in your own strength. You will serve me in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the promise of God. And so if you want the promise of the Father, you can receive the promise of the Father. And this is how to do it. We, we say three things, really simple things. Ask him and just begin to focus on Jesus. If you want the power of the Holy Spirit, ask for it. Just begin to believe God. Begin to believe that God wants to pour out his Spirit in your life, and begin to focus on Jesus, because he's the one who gives the Holy Spirit. So ask him. Number two, expect the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Just expect that God's Spirit is going to come upon you in power. Um, uh, that means, in my thinking, that you're going to experience something that you have not experienced before. The Spirit of God is going to come upon you. God's going to do something that you'll know. I, he wasn't on me a minute ago, but boy, I feel something now. God's Spirit has suddenly come upon me, and he's doing something in my life that I wasn't expecting him to do. And then thirdly, just begin to speak out whatever God puts in your heart. Just whatever God puts in your heart, just begin to speak it out. Speak out your praise. Speak out your adoration to God. Just begin to... Lift your voice. You can never be filled with the Holy Spirit if you keep your mouth shut. Just can't do it. 
So just begin to speak out whatever God puts in your heart. I'm not telling you to talk in tongues. Just speak out whatever God puts in your heart. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a promise of the Father. It's not my promise. My reputation's not at stake. The reputation of the Father's at stake. He said he would do it. Jesus said he would pour it out. So why don't you accept it? So we're going to sing a song. Uh, it's an old, old song. It says, come Holy Spirit, I need you. Come sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your power. We're not asking anybody to come forward today. But I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to sing this song. Some of you are here today, you would be afraid to come forward if I asked. You would be afraid to say, Pastor, I want the Holy Spirit. But I know there's many sitting here among you that really do want the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You want God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And if you're honest, you'd say, at this point, I haven't experienced that. But the promise of the Father is that he will do it. How many, just let me check one more time. How many of you believe God keeps his promises, including the promise of the Holy Spirit? Do you really believe that? He wants to do that for you today. So as we um, sing this song, it's really an invitation to come, Holy Spirit. Make it your prayer. This is, this is a prayer, and so make it your prayer. And even as we're standing here today, pray to God right now, God, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. I want what you promised for me. You said I could have it, and I want it. So I want it today. Just begin to ask for it. And begin to expect, as we sing this song, Come Holy Spirit, just begin to expect that God's going to move in your life right now today. God's going to touch you in ways that you never thought possible before. You're going to feel things that you never thought you'd feel before. God's going to come upon you by his Holy Spirit. And I just encourage you, whether it's singing the song, you just want to lift your heart and praise to God, you just want to begin to speak out the praises of God. Whatever it is, just begin to speak out God's praises. We're just going to sing this one or two times, but I believe God keeps his promise. Again, can I see how many believe God keeps his promise? I believe God keeps his promise. He'll do what he said he would do.